Hey friends, I'm Laura Malone and I'm obsessed with all things coaching, self-coaching, life coaching, specific niche coaching, all of it. For 20 years, I've been a traveling, homeschooling, full-time ministering, multi-passionate mom who finally decided to take the dream of starting my own business off of that top shelf. I realized that what I'd been doing all my life was called coaching. Then I found out it could be both ministry to those around me and a business blessing. Now I'm sharing everything I've learned over the years as coach, entrepreneur, and imperfect human who's still in process. I'm inviting you to my table laid out with a feast of spirit-led strategies, tangible tools, growth God's way, and clarity about your callings in life. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. And now, enjoy the show. Hey friends, it's Christian Life Coach Collective, and we're talking about finding your what, your who, your why, and your how so that you can start laying a foundation about your ideal client today. I see emails come into my inbox all of the time with people offering so many different types of things, including coaching. And some of them are offering coaches, coaching opportunities to me at prices I just won't pay. Not right now, maybe never. This doesn't mean I won't pay that much for something that's worth it to me, as in maybe like my own business coach or a training I believe I can use at this moment. But there are offers that are just too costly sometimes for things I don't feel I need or I don't need right now. For so long, I was wavering about my offer and my ideal client because everybody I heard was teaching that I needed to create my offer and discover my ideal client based on external information rather than internal right? So using other people um, to determine my foundations. But the truth is your ideal client and your signature offer, it needs to be informed by you, not by others. And definitely not by people in your inbox. It's If it's not informed and created by what's already inside of you, it won't be sustainable. And anything not sustainable will not be successful. So let's define your ideal client. It means that it is someone who needs what you offer, needs it right now, and is willing to pay whatever cost you set for it, okay? That's it. That's your ideal client. Anybody outside of that who doesn't need what you have and doesn't need it now and isn't willing to make an investment in it, that is not your ideal client. End story, spoiler alert, the entire world is not made up of ideal clients. Your ideal client group is small and it will change. And whoever your ideal client is now will not be your ideal client, maybe a year from now, maybe a month from now. So that has to be okay for you. You are going to have to change your mindset that you have to morph or that people should always want what you have. There are certain flavors of ice cream God made and they don't serve everybody, okay? There are mint chocolate chip people out there and you cannot move them. There are vanilla people out there. I'm married to one of them. You are not gonna move him away from being a vanilla flavored guy. So I'm really into chocolate chip cookie dough and tonight dough from Ben and Jerry's, love. But I like to experiment and try other flavors. I do like to move around, but not everybody does. And it is important to recognize that the desires, preferences, and needs of people 
they matter, okay? You need to see that the right people are the ones that you want to work with, who want what you have to give, and who want it now. So when people say no to your coaching, no to you coaching them, they're generally not rejecting you personally. They're saying, no, I don't need that. No, I don't need that right now. Or that price doesn't work for my current circumstances, even if I do need that. They're saying no to what you make available, no to the timing, and no to your price point. They're not necessarily saying no to you. It's not personal. So let's say, for example, that you offer health coaching and your package is six sessions for $3,997. That is a thing people do, okay? It's considered a high ticket um, offer in some circles and some circles high ticket is more like $10,000, okay? That's $3,997 would be high ticket for me at this point because my ideal client can't afford it. But if you're offering it, that's okay. And if the flash sale that you're running right now gives me an extra 20% off, bringing that, you know, taking $800 off of $4,000, that seems like a great deal. Your email comes to my inbox, and though I subscribed because I wanted the freebie lead magnet that I saw you post on Facebook, my health isn't the greatest concern to me right now. So maybe I have kids and braces, or I need a new car, I'm focused on business, not health, I have a specific plan for paying off debt, maybe I have a husband who'd be upset if I spent money on a health coach, etc. There's so many reasons that the timing might not be right for me, or the offer isn't what I need right now, or the cost is too high for my circumstances, especially if it's not something I'm invested in and care about personally. If I'm not Googling health coaching right now, I don't need whatever you put in my inbox. I'm not combing through your website. And even though I like you as a person and believe that what you offer others is valuable, I'm not going to be your ideal client. And maybe I don't unsubscribe from your emails because I'm still interested in what you have to say and I like learning from you every now and then. Well, it takes five to eight exposures to something for the reader's brain to pay attention and identify it as something valuable. This is why when you sign up for a freebie and every day after that you get an email for a week that gives you value, but it's always leading up to the offer. And the marketing science tells entrepreneurs and companies that in marketing, they have to put an offer in front of you this many times, five to eight times because our attention spans are pretty messed up at this point from all that we consume and how we consume it. I'm gonna go off trail right now and we're gonna talk about dogs for a minute. (laughs) If you wanted to work with dog owners by selling them a service that serves their dogs well, you cannot assume that all dog owners are the same and you can't assume all dogs have the same needs. Some dog owners have less time or less money than others. Some have special needs for their dogs because of their households or their locations. So you have to determine what you want to offer the dog and the owner. This is an important piece to pay attention to. When you're a coach, you are not bringing transformation only to the client. You're touching the lives of all of the people in their world. So if you're serving one person, their families, their jobs, Everybody around them is going to be impacted by the results they get and the transformation in their life that you bring. So 
if you are working with a dog owner, their dog will be affected, right? And if you're working with a dog owner, anybody who lives in their household or their apartment complex, they're going to be affected also because of what you offer the dog owner and their dog. If you want to create an experience that's exciting and fun and intense, you'll have to find dog owners who have dogs that would appreciate that kind of experience. So maybe like a German Shepherd, you know, a German Shepherd parents, that that would be good. But if you want to create a grooming experience with special tools and gentle care, you want dog owners who have maybe like a poodle, poodle mix, or dogs with long or difficult hair. If you want to create an outdoor dog park experience geared towards friendly dogs, you want to find somebody who owns a Labrador Retriever, right? So the main difference here isn't the owner or the dog or the place. It's what you want to offer. If you try to do a dog park, but you don't want, don't like dealing with a bunch of dogs, that's not sustainable. If you try to have a specialized grooming salon, but you're not a groomer, that's wrong for you. If you try to offer a, a like a training experience with full body gear for dogs who are meant to like be attack dogs, but you were bit by a dog once and you have a huge fear of being attacked yourself, why would you do this to yourself? So here's the reality. You don't need to just know what the experience is and who the dog is and who the owner is. You need to know yourself. You have to learn what you carry, what you're called to, and why you want to do it. It's what everybody is talking about when they say that you need a why behind all you do. But I think that before the why, you have to discover the what. And my what didn't come along until I'd spent years of thinking, considering, experimenting, and wandering around the world of coaching. So once I found my what, that I want to offer other helping-hearted people the ability to become life coaches so they can build businesses and serve God and the world around them, then I developed more about my why and my who. And it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a helping-hearted. And the revelation of that came from talking with my husband one day after a long, long day. (laughs) He said, you just can't help but help people. It was a time when I'd helped two people at the grocery store, a lady and her grandson in Costco, another person at Starbucks, and somebody down the street in the neighborhood all in one day. And I came home empty and I hadn't gotten anything done and I needed help but nobody was offering it to me. And it felt like such an injustice. I had done these things that were fulfilling all day long to help other people, but nobody was there to help me. I felt like I had poured myself out, but I didn't have any offer to help me at home. And I felt sad and hurt and mad. And I felt justified for feeling that way because nobody even seemed interested in the fact that I Not just what I needed, but the fact that I had needs. (laughs) At the same time, I felt thrilled and fulfilled in meeting the needs of so many people in one day. And I I was a little frustrated, like, I didn't even get paid for that. Like, I don't actually work at any of those places. (laughs) This pointed to two things that helped me understand my what and my why better. One, I have found what had fulfilled me and made me happy doing it. Two, I found what made me mad and hurt when I saw injustice in that area. I was fulfilled by helping other people and angered when I felt my own needs weren't being helped. I don't have to work somewhere for a stranger to think that I'm the right person to ask for help. It's just on me. 
it's part of the energy of my DNA. Like they, ex- I don't know what they think, but they must look at me and go, oh, she has the halo of, you know, some apron halo <laughs> with a name tag that says, ask me. <laughs> I don't know. And if they don't even ask me, I'm so in tune with the needs around me that I pick up on the desire to help the people around me because I love doing it. So I listen to see if what they're looking for is something I think I can help them with. And even if I don't know how to help them personally, I know how to ask a question and find somebody who can help them. If you've ever been in the aisle and people are looking, you just want to find some Tony Chacheres, like the Tony C seasoning. Um, And the people next to you are like, oh gosh, I just can't find allspice. Okay, well, first of all, most of the time the spices are in alphabetical order, but if they're not, I understand this is not your common every day, whatever. So I immediately start looking for whatever they're looking for, okay? Whether, whether they ask me, whether we're talking or not, I can't help but look for the thing that I've heard them say they're looking for. And then I offer unsolicited help. I have learned, I have learned over years that a lot of people don't want unsolicited help. I've actually, like six, seven years ago, I emailed somebody after reading through their website and the editor in me was so disturbed and I just thought, I cannot let them go on. They're never going to be able to build a business with anybody respecting them because everything is misspelled and out of alignment and I would just want to help them. And I actually emailed a stranger out of nowhere from her website and told her where all of the problems were. Now, when you offer (laughs) to anybody, stranger or not, and more specifically, when you offer it to your friends and family, and it was not asked for, it's unsolicited, you might feel rejected because there's a chance you will be rejected. They didn't ask you. (laughs) It's different when they're just looking for some seasoning in the spice aisle and you are helpful and nobody asked you to be helpful. But when you start pushing on people's callings and their heart and the thing that they already put a lot of work and effort into and you bring correction to those things, that is not helpful. You don't have a right to speak into their lives. You don't have a relationship with them or they haven't asked you. So I encourage you to be a wingman and not a fixer for people who didn't ask, okay? One great way to offer your ability to bring solutions and help and guidance is to just become a coach, start a business, and then the people who pay you to coach them, they are giving you a right to speak into their lives. They want correction and guidance, okay? Then you can give it. Back to coming off the trail. Um, Two days ago, I was at the Target self-checkout, and I had a half of a cart full of things, and I had already checked out half of them. When a woman with um, two children ran up and told the self-checkout lady, who who was just standing there, that one of her other children had ran away from her, this little girl, and she couldn't find her. This woman was a mess, and you would think that people would help and they would jump in to help. But the woman helping at the self-checkout just stared off like she didn't know what to do. And none of the other customers did or said anything. 
And I looked at my half full cart and the bags of things that already rung up and I thought, how do I leave this half checked out? And a, I'm thinking like, how do I leave this? I'm thinking about the needs of all the people waiting to use my, check, my checkout lane. And how do I get rid of that so I can go do the thing that is most important to help this woman who's in front of me? Well, while I was thinking about that in seconds, a man who, walking by who wasn't checking out said, what's her name? And then walked away to help go find her. I said to the checkout lady, please delete this trans- transaction while I go help look. And then I left the basket and I started wandering around and telling employees and customers to look for this little girl in a dress. The front doors were locked and the security was alerted, but even the employees were like, oh, yeah? I was like, this is insane. Why would you people not be caring right now? In a day and time like this, a little girl is gone. Like, I want to punch people. (laughs) So later when she'd been found and I settled myself down, I just wondered like, what the heck? And it wasn't just because I'm a mom who could see the fear on that woman's face. And it wasn't just because I've worried about my children and their safety as well. It's because underneath all of that, I'm two things. I am a helper for those in need. And I can figure things out. (laughs) So where there's a will, there's a way to, so to speak. Everybody else continued checking out, not helping, not figuring out what to do. But when they got ready to leave, the doors were locked and they couldn't leave anyway. And I'm thinking, you could have just helped. (laughs) Now you still can't leave and you're not being helpful. (laughs) My inner justice fighter wondered, what are you doing? And it kind of made me think unkindly to myself, it serves you right that you're stuck at that door that's locked because you're not helping. (laughs) It's the reality that we don't live in a village culture. It's every man for himself. And I just don't believe in that. Okay, I believe we need a village. And I believe somebody needs to hand out a map with directions about how to find that village. Okay, I will lower my voice because I think I think I went somewhere. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I um, my what is that I want to help people become great guides and know that I'm there to help them while they pour their lives out helping others. So my who is other helping hearted people, whether they're parents, pastors, mentors, teachers, counselors, cashiers, baristas, whoever. I don't care if you're helping hearted and you want to be a coach, you are my who, okay? You're my ideal client. And my why is because I understand needing help myself when I was cons- when I consistently pour out my life into others and I'm desperate for help, which has been decades, honestly, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't know how to verbalize it or do anything with it. I didn't even know how to search for help for it. Because my what is something that solves the problem I've lived with my whole life, needing help and not finding it. And when I say help, I mean attention and care and interest. As somebody who makes me feel like I'm significant and walks with me down a road I'm unsure of. That is how I know that I needed a coach and I wanted to be a coach to others like me. I want to solve the problem that I understand enough that I'm able to create a solution for. I want to give you the best case scenario I can for yourself and your coach calling. And honestly, the more I pour out 
myself into coaching and in this podcast, I come closer and closer to my what and why by taking in this action. I learn more and more about myself and I know that I, I know what my what, my who, and my why is. And now after knowing these things, you determine your how. For me, I filtered it into a desire to serve other coaches through one-to-one coaching and the greenhouse coach to train coaches. Sorry, the greenhouse course, life coach training and certification course in order to help people become coaches who are helping hearted. So I have more things on the to-do list for my how to serve you in the future, but right now it's important to keep first things first and do what I'm doing now well and wholeheartedly before I grow into other things. I've tried multiple areas of coaching over the years and helped people in all areas of their lives, and I've liked all of it. I've liked all of the work. But personally, I've never known who you are, my podcast listener, if I would never have known if I hadn't done the work of trying things out and being less than perfect and experiencing false starts over the years. I wouldn't be where I'm at knowing what you need. And I personally don't look back and see that I failed in anything. I simply tried things that I didn't love to, so I keep, didn't keep doing them. Or I didn't do great at it and maybe lost interest. Or maybe I didn't meet somebody's expectations in those things. But I tried. I succeeded at starting, at trying, at learning, at coming to a crossroads. I succeeded at finding my way here. And though I liked all I've done in the past six years, I love what I do now. I love getting to know you and what you need and want, and I love serving you. Someone recently asked me, um, she said, why do you do two or more episodes a week? Isn't that exhausting? Isn't it hard? So much work. I said, no, like my job is not work. I love work what I do. I love my business. I love my clients. I love my coaching experiences because I love serving my people. If anything is hard, it's because I can't just input into my people, into their hearts and minds right now, everything all at once so they can do what they're made to do right now. Do it fully and do it from a place of truth. I would just, I want to zap all my info, all my belief all and hope and truth into you over these airwaves, but instead it's going to take time for all of it to come out. It is a process and a journey. I've not felt like that the whole time I've been coaching. I really only started feeling like what I do is easy and I love it when I started feeling pretty solid about my what, my who, my why, and my how. I've always been inching towards the feeling of contentment and satisfaction in my business, but It was discovery. Um, It was a process with a little bit every moment, each session, each client uh, along the way. But now that I'm really feeling it, I know that I'm working with the right people who want what I'm made to offer in this season and they're willing to invest into themselves and their calling. That is different than having people who are willing to pay me. I don't need people just to give me money. I, my ideal client wants to invest in themselves. So does your ideal client. It's not about them paying you. It's about them making investments in their results and transformation. Those are the right people to work with. So let's turn all of this around and make it about you now. 
I've shared lots of stories, but I want to give you some tacticals and practicals. So number one, out of all the things you've done, what has made you feel most fulfilled? And what is the root of that fulfillment? So if you were a server at a restaurant, what was the root of the action that you really loved? It's probably not that you love carrying trays and you love yelling at the cooks and you love when the when you have um, rubber band dreams where you've got two Dr. Peppers in your hands and table 42 wants them, but the rubber band in your dream around your waist just won't let you get to them. That is probably not why you loved being a server. Yes, that's my real story um, <laughs> from the restaurant business. Lots of rubber band dreams that I can't get to them and I can't meet their needs. But maybe it would be that you loved serving and meeting needs and creating um, a, an excellent experience for your customer or your guest. okay? If you say that you love running the marketing and expansion department for a company, then maybe the roots of that are you, you love communication and connection with customers and you should be a marketing coach. But maybe the roots of your love for that department was more about the details and intricacies of the internal systems. So building business and instead of working with people, you love spreadsheets. Well, then that means you could use your knowledge and abilities to be a business coach who excels in bringing templates and processes to your clients. What one person loves about a job isn't rooted in the same thing about what that everybody else loves about it. We each have our own gifting and desires. And my love for customer service made me fulfilled when I operated in it well and makes me angry when I see customers not being taken care of and helped in any certain way. So discover what makes you feel fulfilled and also what makes you feel angry and passionate when you see it done wrong or misused and let those things lead you into your what, who, and why. Secondly, who are the people you love to serve the most? You can keep this generalized for quite a while before you niche down just through experimenting and discovery. It's okay if you don't know yet, but you can start somewhere and just pay attention to the people you love working with the most and the kinds of problems that they have. A lot of times in the beginning, a coach will feel so happy just to be coaching that it feels like they they think that they can take the whole world on as their ideal client. But as time goes on and you develop strategies and discover circumstances and problems that you enjoy working with, a coach will discover um, that they enjoy coaching a particular group of people on a particular type of subject or circumstance. And if you know right now that who you want to serve, that's great too. But do give yourself room for that to morph and grow into other things in the future. Create a foundation of business that can hold multiple rooms and floors and um, ceilings and different kinds of meetings inside, okay? Sterling and Stone Mentoring has done, and my coaching has done, lots of things over the years, but ultimately it makes that makes it a strong foundation for me to turn and pivot on when I feel called in another direction. Um, but it, it, it encompasses all of the experience that I've had. Now third, contextualize how your what and your who are experiencing something that you can identify with and develop your why from that. Make it personal. Dig deep and stay with the digging until you really feel it and it's holding on to you. 
Let your why be sewn into the foundation so it creates stability and sustainability. And fourth, pray about how you serve your who and their what with your why. Okay? Let me say it again. Pray about how you serve your who, their what with your why. Is it through one-to-one coaching, courses, a podcast, emails, a package offer with six weeks of transformation, um, a 30-day challenge? There are so many options out there today, and you're going to need to go do some research to find out how you create an offer and help and serve your clients. One of the best ways to do this is to take a course yourself. Get a coach, do a challenge, sign up for a drip email campaign, do all of the things that you want to offer so you see what it's like being an end user inside of the experience. And do this over years. You'll always be seeing what new ways of serving your clients there are out there and also benefiting from them for yourself and learning more about the people you serve. For example, I've been researching which platform to use for this um, for next month's Greenhouse Life Coach Training and Certification course. I've been trained as a coach through an on-demand course using the Kajabi platform. I've taken a three-month course about podcasting on Teachable. And I've been part of a cohort mastermind community on Mighty Networks. Um, I've I've joined countless Facebook groups, signed up for challenges on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? I know what I know now simply because I'm curious and I've been experimenting and I give myself grace and time to do so. I'm not expecting perfection from any one format, platform, or person, but now when I search, I understand the language better because I've been taking imperfect action. So now I've come down to either choosing Teachable or Podia. And at this point, Podia is winning simply because their customer service is on top of things. And that, as I've stated today, is my passion. If you take care of me while I'm taking care of others, I'm likely going to choose you. So your ideal client will choose you because you have a value system that aligns with theirs in some way. Because they recognize their need for what you offer. Because you've helped them understand the problem they have and their need for a solution because they know, like, and trust you to guide them, and because you do the work that it takes to communicate to them about your what, your who, your why, and your how. This is the long game, friends. You don't become a successful six-figure coach overnight. If that's your goal, I'm not your ideal coach, and you're not my ideal client. And it's okay for you to have that goal, and it's okay for me to let you know we're not a good fit for each other. There's other coaches out there that will teach you their way of making six figures quickly. They've all been in my inbox. I've, I've listened to all of them and they do have some value to give. But their way of doing that based on their personalities and their giftings, it, those things don't work for me. And they don't work for the people I want to serve. I'm not currently interested in charging $500 for a 30 minute session with me. My ideal client can't afford it. I can't afford that. So I I unsubscribe from those people. I remove their voices from my decision-making processes. Because regardless of whether I think they're great people or not, their solutions aren't for me. What they put in my inbox is not for me. What they say on their podcast is not for me. I'm not their ideal client. So it's important to, I've said it before, 
pay attention to how many voices are in your head and who's really influencing and teaching you. And it's not just important for you to understand how to remove those voices, but it's important to recognize that you're not the right voice for everybody. So they're, these people that I'm talking about, they're not all my flavor in this season. And I'm not their favorite flavor of client. It's not personal. So, so make sure you write that on a post-it and stick it onto your desk. Unsubscribes are not personal. People not signing up at the moment you share your offer is not about, it's not personal. It's more about them than it is about you. It's about the timing, their need, and most likely somewhere along the way, pricing has something to do with it. Learning about your ideal client takes time and it takes perseverance. But remember that your ideal client wants what you already have to offer and you don't need to change you to meet the needs of all of the world. You just need to trust that as you take imperfect action, God is going to meet you and bring the right people you need um, who and they need what he's given you to offer. So I'm wrapping it up here. A little long-winded on this one, but um, I feel like it's really important. It held me back for so long thinking that I needed to find out something that somebody needed and meet all of these people with an offer, but I didn't know anything about what I was made to offer. And nobody ever told me that I had to do the work and experiment and be curious and keep trying and experience a lot of false starts before I really got a clear understanding about what I'm made to offer and who I'm made to serve. So Remember to go to sterlingandstonementoring.com and take the quiz to see what kind of guide and coach that you are. And also, I really encourage you to pray about signing up for the greenhouse training because it starts soon. And if you're interested, I want to have you in there. If you have questions about it, you can always email me, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at sterlingandstonementoring.com. So have a good one today. Until next time. Are you ready to become a hero in your own story by investing in yourself through life coaching? Are you looking to become an amazing guide to others by becoming a coach or up-leveling your current practice? Then check out sterlingandstonementoring.com to see how we can work together. And don't forget it's really easy to say thanks if any of this free content has been a blessing to you just by leaving a quick written review over on Apple Podcasts. And thank you in advance.